Welcome back to Beyond the Spectrum. This is episode nine, and I am Dream sharing our family's journey with autism with you. We finally made it to the place where I keep telling you, I'll tell you soon, I'll tell you soon. The words normal versus typical and why I make such a big deal about it. Well, because you have to start with what is normal exactly. And according to Merriam-Webster, it means conforming to a type, standard, or regular pattern characterized by that which is considered usual, typical, or routine. And the second definition is according with constituting or not deviating from the norm, rule, procedure, or principle. So when you look at that definition, normal seems like a pretty safe word to use without any kind of offense. But I think we know that in our culture, this word has taken on a sort of stigma. The opposite of normal is abnormal or unusual. And those words usually have a sort of tug with them. Oh, she's odd. Oh, he's weird. But when you think about it, according to the definition, abnormal, unusual, those are actually just standard statements. When you look at normal versus abnormal, usual versus unusual, one is expected, one's not. There's really no positive or negative connotation there. We've placed it on there. And I would dare to say that sometimes we would even go so far as to say the opposite of normal is crazy. So that's the reason why there's such a stigma when it comes to the word normal and why usually families that deal with special needs, autism specifically, we like to use the word typical instead. They mean the same thing, they just don't have the same connotation that usually comes along with it. It's just something to think about. Society has this way of redefining very standard words with cultural influences that have a way of marking people and hurting people. They use it to control the way that they're being viewed and it can be a really dangerous prison to use your words to confine someone to some sort of implied limitation. So after all that, is normal a bad word? Nope, it's not. And I use it often in certain circumstances, but for me personally, I've chosen to use the alternative word typical when describing things that are intended to compare my son's behaviors to others. Because for me, it has a more neutral and clinical feel than some judgment that might end up making him feel like he's the odd man out. So do you have to use these? Nope. <laughs> I'm only giving you a moment to pause and think and weigh out the full meaning and connotation of the words that you use in society. Now you think about it and you choose what's best for you and your family. But when I think about the autism spectrum disorder, I can't help but cling to that middle word, spectrum. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? It makes me think of like 
color and light and perspective and differences. But it also makes me very aware of the sort of vastness of a spectrum where one side is 100% of one thing and the other side is the complete opposite, which makes me feel like I'm always meeting people and putting them somewhere on that spectrum. I mean, don't we all know people in school where we look back and we think, that student was definitely on the spectrum before we knew there was a spectrum to put them on. (laughs) And I've mentioned this in previous episodes that my husband and I have looked at Micah's behaviors and said, wow, that one, that behavior there, he definitely gets that from me. You know, we'll claim them. And, you know, it's like, oh, oh, I know exactly what he's doing and how he's thinking. It's just that trait wasn't displayed enough in my own life to reach some threshold to be clinically diagnosed as autistic. But we kind of think, you know, Micah just happened to get this jackpot of our genes where he got just enough of our quirks to hit that threshold and be diagnosed. But in my experience, the more people on the spectrum that you meet, and I've met so many, the more you see how this disorder is some of its parts. So for me, it helps me to see the person better as a whole first. And then I go in and start to isolate some of those non-typical aspects and try to understand the mindset there. Then I add it into the mix and then I isolate another one and then I add that into the mix and then I see the relationship between the two and then I add that into the mix and yes, my mind is very unusual (laughs) and I'm always trying to like look for clues to solve puzzles and yes, people are no exception to that and yes, you might be thinking, hmm, this sounds like she's a little on the spectrum. And I probably would agree with you on that. I definitely see how my mind in some ways kind of gets almost computer-like with certain things. And I do tend to see that more in um, autistic minds. But that's exactly my point. Because there are some behaviors that need some fine-tuning in order to function more smoothly in society. But some behaviors are actually more well-suited for society than their quote-unquote typical counterparts. And we would be wise to stop trying to adjust that out of the individual and start trying to actually imitate them. And my son has a lot of these quirks or differences that might not be viewed as normal, but thank God for that because they're part of what's made him extremely honest and gentle, and compassionate, and patient, and loving. And some people might say, oh, well, that doesn't sound like any trait on the spectrum that I hear about. Well, sure, because we live in a world where drama and trauma sells copies of books and pulls people to shows. But rest assured, I have met many autistic children and adults that have very tender hearts more tender than you can imagine. They just don't always know how to express that tenderness safely. Their emotions can overwhelm them and confuse them and bottleneck instead of having a safe and smooth flow. So how do you help with creating an environment that allows that smooth flow? Well, for us, the answer was not found in medicating him to be manageable. And let me be clear, 
I'm not in your shoes, so I'm not making a judgment on any decisions that other parents have made for their children. Um, This podcast is about our journey and the things that we've learned along the way. For us specifically, it was about helping him to free that flow through understanding and time, a lot of time, um, with connection and communication with going through the struggles with him and being partners with him and allowing him to work things out and learning the very hard task of watching him struggle at times and not coming to his rescue and trying to give him the tools that he needed to thrive. So I have to share this with you. This happened this morning, actually. Um, My friend Sam listened to yesterday's podcast and we watched the video of Micah at the bottom of the post and she was just sobbing with joy. I just read her actual words again just to kind of refresh my mind and I was going to share them but no, they're they're a private message to me and um, I'm just literally I was welling up with tears while I was reading it because she also has a child on the spectrum and she gets it. But I told her after that, I watched that video several times yesterday and I was just reliving that moment I felt all of it and I was just in awe of his mind and I noticed things in the video that you might not have Um, maybe other parents on the spectrum might have noticed little things one of the things um, would be this is small by the way and it's just one of the things that we've overcome which I love, which is why I'm pointing it out. If you notice, there was a specific way that he moved his hands. And if you think back to when he was born and his legs, remember I mentioned that his ankles were kind of floppy and his feet were kind of like, like he didn't have control over them. Um, That's how he used to move his arms and his hands. In order to move his hands, he would move his entire arm like down to his wrist. But his fingers were really loose. So he had to learn how to be conscious of how he used them. So he would either use his hands like little blades or like sharp little fingers pointing really intentionally. And I just rushed back to that moment where I was watching it and thinking, looking at his hands, looking how he was moving them. And then I rushed back to the present and thinking, this is the man that now has such control over his fingers that they fly across those strings on his guitar, making the most beautiful, heart-wrenching music. And you can hear his music right now behind my voice, right here, I use it as the soundtrack. I really need to get something better up here because literally the music that is being played right now was, Micah, grab your guitar right now, I need five minutes of music. And he grabbed it and was like, okay, what do you want me to play? And just started picking and playing and all that came out. But he's got just, he's an amazing musician. And I kind of want to showcase him a little bit more. But uh, at after dinner last night, we were sitting around, you know, the table talking. And after he gets up and he took our bowls and he goes into the kitchen. And he was just kind of talking absentmindedly, telling us about his day. At times he'd kind of look up and laugh and then he'd kind of like look off, you know, into the distance and be thinking about things while he's washing the dishes and he'd be thinking harder. And then he'd be brought back to just, you know, the feel of the hot water and the suds. And then he'd look over us and start talking again, just sharing the concerns on his mind, things about his day. And I was thinking back to 
the video that I had just watched, you know, an hour before of him, this little boy, this little teeny tiny, adorable, cute, pudgy little boy, just standing up there in front of all those people, reciting in that video. And here he is in front of me, six foot two, intelligent, humorous, introspective, joyful, hardworking, just this heart of integrity, unbelievably handsome and strong and thoughtful and wise. And I'm just taking it all in like a new video. And I thought, oh, (laughs) the mom in 2022 is watching the child in the video from the early 2000s, remembering it all, remembering every emotion remembering all the weight on her heart. And I thought, if only I could take a video now and bring it back to that mama sitting in the audience, watching that little boy with all of the fears that were in her heart for the future and just sit next to her and say, wait a minute, I have another video to show you. This is him in 2022. And he has accomplished all that you hope for and more. So keep loving and keep striving and keep pushing because it's all worth it. Every tear, every sleepless night, every battle. This is him in 2022. It's all worth it. And that's my message to you. I can't go back in time to her, but I can tell you now that looking into the future, if you're ready to fight through this battle with them together, hand in hand, loving them through the struggle, you're going to be able to come back and show me 15 years from now and tell me that I was right. I'll see you tomorrow.